Welcome back to the Healing Health Joy Collective podcast. We're continuing our series on nutrition, talking once again with the lovely Evie. And this week we're going to be focusing on gut health. And there's some very interesting stuff that came up during our conversation, particularly about the link between gut health and mental health. And we're going to be talking about how young people's diets is really affecting how they feel and their emotions. But first, Evie takes us on a personal journey, uh, telling us about how gut health became very vital to her when she discovered that she had an autoimmune condition and uh, how she dealt with that herself. So it's a really interesting episode once more, a great conversation with Evie from Evie Nutrition. And I very much urge you to go on her website and have a look at what she does. She's got some programs coming up, uh, depending on when you tune in and listen to this podcast, but she has uh, her Eat Well, Feel Better program coming up and many other things that she can do. And obviously she does consultations and workshops and uh, yeah, there's a lot happening in her world. So anyway, on with the episode. Here's Evie. We're back with Evie from Evie Nutrition, and this is the gut health episode, Evie. And to start that off, I'd like to just know a little bit about your own story and how uh, your own gut health issues prompted you to find out more. Um, so yeah, that's a good starting place, isn't it? I, I found out that I had an autoimmune condition while I was training to be a nutritional therapist. So I was actually in a lecture on thyroid health and she was lecturing us on the sort of symptoms that we might expect to see someone who was suffering with this condition which is called Hashimoto's thyroiditis and as she was reading them off I was thinking wow that's I've got that I've got that and I've got that and I was thinking my goodness um, I better do some investigation so it was it was really good actually being able to be a, a little bit of my own taking my own medicine so all the stuff that I'd learned, I was able to go to the doctor and say, I want these tests. I've got a suspicion that I have this, but I would like some tests to find out. Sure enough, I had the condition. I had that autoimmune condition. And so that started me on a radical journey to change my health. Can you explain what an autoimmunity condition actually is? Um, so I would describe that as an inappropriate immune response to your own cells. So when we raise an immune response in the body, your immune cells should be able to recognize if it's a foreign invader or it's your own cells. And in that autoimmune response, it gets out of control and it starts to attack a particular part of your body. And that might be rheumatoid arthritis, goes for the synovial joint fluid. Um, you know, in my condition, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, thyroiditis goes for thyroid peroxidase antibody so it goes for the um, actual enzyme that makes the thyroid hormones in the thyroid gland okay so this is the gut health episode so what's the link between autoimmunity and the gut so leaky gut is um, the proper name is actually hyperintestinal permeability but we call it leaky gut and it's where the cells that line the gut slightly come apart. And when they slightly come apart, and that can be for various reasons, which is why you'd want to work with someone like me or another health you know, professional, 
because there are many root causes, but it's inflammation in the gut, pulls these cells apart. And as the cells come apart, that means that the proteins in the food that you've eaten can now slip between the cells rather than being processed through the appropriate way inside the cell. And the cell would decide whether it's a friend or foe and give it secret path through into the other side, which is the bloodstream. But now that the gut cells have come apart in leaky gut, those proteins can slip between the cells and they trigger this inappropriate immune response. And as that inflammatory response increases, 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 that's where the autoimmune trigger can come in. Now, clearly, somebody with that kind of condition needs to see you, or as you rightly said, another health professional. But just give us an idea of the kind of remedies that you would uh, look into in a general way. Okay, so I would look at all of the factors that interact to give that outcome. So that might be looking at their genetic predisposition and their diet and their lifestyle, because all of those factors can actually have that uh, effect in the gut and cause leaky gut. And that might be stress, it might be uh, medication you're on, it might be poor diet. So until we look at the full picture and start to adjust and modify all of those things together, you never quite get resolution. That makes sense. So we'd like to uh, go into the whole issue of the gut and mental health at this stage, because I know that's something that you're particularly interested in talking about. Yeah, so I, I have a lot of clients who come to me who've been told they have IBS. We've talked about this before. And I've never seen a case of IBS, and you know where I stand on the IBS thing, but I've never seen a case without there being a level of anxiety or stress or depression being involved. So that led me on a journey into doing years of research into the connection between anxiety, depression and the gut. And I found that there was a strong correlation between an altered gut microbiome in this selection of patients. So using the research tools that I have at hand, I started to collate all of this information and I was thinking well how can we how can we help people who have got this changed gut microbiome and what's causing that in the first place why have they got a different set of gut bugs to you or I and what it came down to was the diet and the fiber and so I've designed what I think is the simple solution is the good gut point system which allows people to easily add up the right amount of points to give them the recommended daily allowance of fibre. Because if I told you you need 30 grams of fibre a day, approximately, you know, what would that look like? You know, everyone says it. You can, I can, I've read millions of articles that have said we should be aiming for 30 grams of fibre a day. And I thought, even I, and I'm, you know, experienced clinician in this area, I, I wouldn't have a clue what that looked like on the plate. So... I developed the good gut point system, which is just very simple, add up the points, when you get to the right amount of points, you know you've hit your daily target. How would a patient know that their gut is being affected by their depression mm. or their anxiety level or something that no doubt they're being treated for by their doctor? In one word, poo. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were thinking you'd get away with all these podcasts and not get to talk about poo, but 
it really does tell you so much about what's going on inside and anyone who comes to me with uh, sort of anxiety depression and sort of this you know ibs type syndrome they either have their a predisposition or a leaning towards being constipated or the other end being very loose or flipping between the two and so really it looking at sort of you know frequency um and regularity of you know we do talk about when i have my one-to-one -one consultations i will pretty much always talk end up talking about poo i do because it just tells you so much and if we don't take it a bit more seriously you know obviously make it easy for them to talk to me about that but um it really does tell you what's going on inside the gut that's the first step I'm just thinking that we didn't title this the poo episode, but it's it's rapidly becoming the poo episode, which is fine. I think that's in, it's really interesting. It's a way. It's, it's so interesting, and actually, with the way that I can look at that in a much more scientific way, if required, after that first consultation, and we've had the chat about diet, what's going on, you know, stress. We talk about everything. Then we put a plan of action together and I say, well, try this for four weeks. Let's do this. Move that out of your diet. Move that into your diet. Let's find some ways for you to relax and to, you know, work on your digestion. And if they come back and say, no, you know, everything's pretty much the same. I haven't got any change. We can move to looking at stool tests. So there are comprehensive digestive stool tests that I might suggest that are going to help us actually see what's going on inside the gut. So that's where I can go to next. Okay, let's let's move out of the uh, the closet, as it were, with uh, with talking about poo. You know, I'm a, I'm a father of some teenage children, and uh, I, I would say that they they don't follow the best diet, and they're not particularly well aware of their own gut issues. So let's drill into that and talk about young people. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest area of concern for me, for us as a nation, is the teenagers, you know, with sort of increasing teenage suicide and, you know, increasing social media and the stresses that teenagers are under. You know, isn't it ironic that it's also the time of their life that they least take care of themselves? You know, if you're not there shoveling fruit and vegetables down their neck, you know, when they're off with their friends, it's just not what they're doing. And they have access to all of that fast food, fizzy drinks. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that all teenagers are unhealthy like that, but, you know, certainly going to be times when they're not eating the right amount of fibre or getting the right amount of nutrients. So that really worries me. I think I read a scary statistic that was in the UK, teenagers uh, were on average getting about 2% of teenagers were getting the recommended daily allowance of fibre. 2%. Scary. And odd, adults didn't do much better either. Like The majority of adults were getting way under their recommended daily amounts of fibre. So if a young person has problems, mm. the first thing I suppose is that problem is they're gonna whether they're going to admit they've got problems. But if a young person comes to you, how, how do you adjust how you deal with them? Um, well, if they are under 16, they attend with a parent, so they're the rules. If they are 16 or over, they're allowed to see me on their own. And I have three teenagers myself, so I think I make it really easy for them to talk to me. And I don't dive straight in for the, you know, <laughs> poo questions. I will go very, very gently because actually 
with teenagers it's uh, built up layers of problems um, so we probably wouldn't even talk about that it probably be the stress of their exams the stress they're under at home you know friends all of that sort of thing and then looking very closely at the sort of diet they're choosing what are they and they're usually really honest with me by then and they say okay I, you know I do drink a lot of fizzy drinks or um, you know they don't eat enough fruit and vegetables and they're quite aware of it and we have a gentle chat about what they might be able to look at bringing into their diet and I once I've explained to them what's happening to them and why it's happening they do make the changes hmm that's really good so you can tailor make solutions for young people and their lifestyles yeah i think everyone everyone needs a, a unique approach because every child is unique they've got a unique set of genes their likes and their dislikes in life are different and they're under different stresses and pressures from the next child. So absolutely looking at um, them in a very unique way is going to get them the best results to improving their diet and their health. Thank you. We like to leave uh, our conversations with some tips and advice, particularly relating to the conversation that we've just had. So mm -hmm. putting you on the spot. That is putting me on the spot, but that's fine. I don't mind that. Um, happy to help. So what I would say, are we focusing on teenagers or for everyone? I think let's focus on teenagers and then on everyone. So not really, <laughs> I'm going to let you get away with it. So okay. give us some advice that, that could be passed on to teenagers. Okay, well, teenagers are unlikely to go for the porridge or the whole grains, um, you know, at breakfast. So they're probably, I always start them off with breakfast. If you get breakfast right everything else usually starts to fall into place a bit more. And so my top tip for a teenager probably is a smoothie. I mean, you, you just get so many nutrients in a glass and you can get the fiber in, you can get nuts and seeds in it. You can make it taste like peanut butter, chocolate, you know, with raw cacao powder, which is really high in antioxidants. So there's a lot of ways to make nutrition highly palatable to teenagers taste. So I would get it all in a smoothie or if they are up for the porridge because, you know, my kids are actually come round to that side and they're quite happy to have a bowl of porridge. Um, I will make sure that it's whole grain, whole oats, you know, not just the ready brick. Um, and then make sure they're putting a range of colours in. So add in a few seeds and some berries or something. I imagine that that's also quite good advice for older people, people in their 20s and upwards. Yeah. But uh, is there anything that you would add to that advice um regarding the fiber intake specifically i would just ask um my adult clients to just look at the variety of foods they're including in their diet because not all fiber is equal so you know we can eat an apple and we can eat some broccoli with dinner um which is fruit and vegetable fiber but that actually behaves quite differently in the gut to let's compare that to beans, lentils, or maybe whole grain rice. So I think making sure you're getting an array of different high fiber foods in your, in your diet would be a really good starting place. Great. As ever, Evie, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. I learned so much talking to Evie there, and I really enjoyed the podcast episode that we've just done. And uh, we're not quite finished with nutrition. We've got one or maybe two still to go because Evie wants to talk to us all about the IBS fallacy. 
Now, I'm someone who in the past has uh, convinced himself that uh, he's got IBS. And I know many people in my family and friends circle that also feel the same about IBS. It's sort of become, you know, became a bit of a buzzword, didn't it, a few years ago. Now, she has some particular things to say about that, which are going to be fascinating and revealing. So please subscribe to the podcast and come back and listen to a little bit more of Evie's story. After that, once we've done with nutrition for a while, we're going to start talking about yoga and qigong and meditation and going to delve into some of the uh, things that you can get involved with in the Healing Health Joy Collective. So uh, lots more to come. Hope you enjoyed this episode and that we see you again very soon. Thank you. <music>